Hello, friends. This episode of Power Spike is brought to you by Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers, the multi-flavored sour gummy worms. I want nothing more than for you to chew their delicious sour heads and bodies into pieces, uh, which is probably what Dom felt like yesterday because he was getting destroyed. <laughs> his, his body was chewed into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Actually, uh, <laughs> yes. How, how are what you did feeling? the shy do to you? What did the shy do to you, Dom? <laughs> What did so, the shy do to you? What I think actually happened was I predicted Weibo to win that series, actually, the one verse top. And I think that God just punished me instantly. God was like, <laughs> fuck you for your sins. You are going to suffer. And suffer I did. So I spent a, I spent a good deal about suffering. It was just one of those like where I, I don't know if you guys have this experience. Like I've had acidity problems with my stomach for like years. Mm. So back when I was um, like, I don't, I don't know if people remember this, but when I was in uh, Korea in 2012 and I competed in OGN, I got mm. like super sick and I had to go to the hospital mm. multiple times there. Thank God for Becca. It, Becca was Hotshot's girlfriend at the time. And she was pretty much like our like hand. Like we didn't have anything back then. This was a time where they didn't send you with a manager. They didn't send you with a translator. It was like, here are some tickets. There's a hotel. Like get your ass to the fucking hotel. Stay there, play some video games. Like you have to figure out everything yourself. It's like the matches are there that day. It's like, how do we get to the matches? We're trying to figure out the Korean subway system, like not being able to read anything because it's obviously all in Korean. <laughs> and I, I was like really, really sick. It's like one of the most, uh, one of the like, worst states i'd been in and i had huge stomach acidity problems i had multiple endoscopies when i was um younger essentially like my acidity was so bad that every time i would eat a meal i'd be sick for 45 minutes after it was like i'd be nauseous sick for 45 minutes and it got a little bit better for a period then when i went to korea i think like the change of diet really fucked with my stomach and also like in korea obviously they use a lot of like spice um in their food as well and I was literally dying. And if it wasn't for Becca actually knowing how to like talk to, to the hospital employees and being like, hey, like this guy, like this guy, like, you know, needs needs fucking help. And them getting me an IV and everything like it was. Yeah, it was not going to end well. So I've had some problems pretty much like my, my whole life. They've gotten better um, as I got older, mainly because I put on weight when I was younger. I was like super skinny. I was like 110 pounds. I'm like six one. So I'm like 110 Holy pounds. Moly. Yeah, I was really, really thin. And apparently, like, not having, like, fat in your stomach, like, that is, like, a huge thing. So so they put me on protein shakes. It was a whole problem. But every now and then, I'll have, like, just one day that's just torture. Like, probably, like, once every year and a half at this point. Not very frequently, but I'll have just, like, one day where it's, like, four hours of absolute torture. Like, stomach torture. And that's what this was. Like, I, I sat down on the toilet and... I just knew instantly. I'm like, oh, this is this is this is bad. Instantly started like sweating profusely, and I was just like, pretty much from the toilet to like the bathroom floor back to the toilet for like four hours straight. It oh was crazy. God. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better, man. That's that's rough. Well, I mean, the good thing is like once it's over, it's over. It's not like one of those things where I'm sick <laughs> for an extended period of time. It's just that like it's extremely acute. I'm you know I'm in pain, but. Also, like, it's happened to me so many times at this point that I don't, like, freak out. I think that's a huge part of it is, like, mentally, I'm like, oh, this is happening. Like, I'm going to I'm going to start, like, getting, like, cold sweats, like, whatever. Like, it's going to hurt. It'll dissipate. Like, it, I can kind of just mentally prepare myself for what's going to happen beforehand. Um, because when I was younger, I was like, am I fucking dying? Like, do I need to go? Like, I've, been, I've went to the hospital multiple times. You sure, know, like, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, you know, had IVs. I've had to stay nights. Like, I've, I've dealt with it for a, li for a while. But now I think... At this point, I can kind of just I assume that nothing bad is going to happen. So I could just cope with it for like a four hour period. And then I continue my day afterwards.
Yeah. I mean, that that sounds like to me with me and migraines. Like I can tell when the migraine's coming on, you get the like the little uh starry fuzzy thing. And after that, you have yeah. to go pop ibuprofen and go to bed. Like if you try to push through it, you you will I it's debilitating for me. And it is some of the worst pain I can get just because there's no there's no solving it. And so kind of like the same thing, it happens like once a year, once, you know, every like 18 months. And I'm just like, nope, today's done. Sorry, everyone. I can't do it. And yeah, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I find especially, uh, you know, during the starting in January, uh, you know, from like January to April, April-ish, and then, you know, starting again in uh, in like June up until about now. There's a couple days a week where I just go through excruciating pain. It used to be on the weekends, but now it mostly it's happens like Thursday, on Thursdays Friday. and Fridays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you get this as well. Have you it's been getting the them on the weekend recently? Yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. It's called... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Diga, were you following the setup? I couldn't tell if Diga knew where we were going with this one or not. No, I, I so I when you were him. telling the story, you're like every four hours. I was like, I can't wait. And then I started listening more. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I, I get migraines, too. So I forgot it. And then I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's not that. as big as it used to be, though. That's the thing is that it's gone down. It's gone down in, in scope pretty significantly over time. In fact, I'm wondering if these pains are going to go away completely in a year or two at the rate they're going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> looking like it could be a thing. This feels like a good segue into what our... Uh, comments were from last week i asked two things i asked about naming the cups you remember like hey name the different seasons of the league but what it ended up being is people rhyming your name with with different versions of you dom so if dom becomes a senile grandpa he will be i will urinate if dom becomes a bee he will become i will pollinate, I will pollinate. Okay. yeah if dom is about it. to get some he will be i will create i will procreate i can feel it if right. Dom forgets things, I will dementiate. <laughs> that, that one's I don't know about that one. The other ones I could see, like that one was a little, a little too far. If Dom becomes a Karen, he'll be, I will form a complaint. <laughs> and then pretty good. if Dom becomes nice, he will become, I will compliment. I like that I one. I don't know. I that don't was know about that one. one. That was safe. That was safe. Uh, oh, uh, if Dom is not long for this world, he will need to list his beneficiaries. He will be, I will will. <laughs> uh, let's you know, see. Actually, will. If, if will. Riot bans him again, he will be, I will litigate. <laughs> yeah. It's actually extremely hard to do that. I've went down that road multiple times. I'll probably just be, I will spectate. And I'll just hey! <laughs> That one was pretty good. And then uh, for the cup names... Uh, we had a couple of good ones. The Piglet Cup. If you support Dyson Lane, you don't get to ADC for the next three games. Also, you don't get to play with a microphone. Uh, I, I saw like two more that I thought was pretty good. A couple guys listed like multiple cups there. Uh, IWD Cup. Your ADC plays a random champ every game. There you go. So almost right. like Fearless Cup. Uh, here, here were serious ones. It was like the Freylord Cup for winter, right? Winter Freylord. No bans. Uh, and you can play, you know, the uh, same champions. Two Shens, shout out to Monty there with that one. <laughs> um, the Ionia Cup for the spring. Dragon Soul on every dragon spawn, and then uh, Barons instead of Herald, uh, just baby Barons. So you're kind of oh. flipping the game early. Um, and then Shrima Cup is what we have, and then Yordle Cup 
uh, all players must play different roles on the team. So you have to kind of work it around there a little bit. So I thought that one was, uh, that was a fun one. Thank you, fans, for uh, participating in, uh, uh, I guess, last week's call to action. So thank you very much. And also thank you for all the love that you've been giving uh, us about our trolley deal. Again, yeah. lots, of different, trolley. lots of different uh, uh, pictures constantly of people buying it. I saw one from Germany. Someone bought them from Germany. It was pretty cool. So uh, again, originally you, a German company. So yes. there, there you go. There it was go. awesome. So make sure to head over to trolley.com to get your tongue twisting, mind warping sour thrills. Thank you very much to our friends over at Trolley. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, what was it? There was one more. Oh, it was Dom. It was for you. P part of what we thought was the issue was your diet. Y yeah. You weren't eating correctly, but you also say this is just a, you know a yearly thing yeah kind of so it's, so essentially i think what ended up happening is like i'm somebody who normally because i have like stomach problems i need a decent amount of fiber in my diet so normally i'm pretty good about like eating fruits like eating a lot of vegetables stuff like that and for like a while i think i was just focusing on like oh like how much protein like how many calories am i intake yeah, i was focusing on that and um i think that the combination of eating like a like not enough fiber with me eating something like absurdly spicy. Like I had a meal that was like really, really spicy on top. Not good if you have acidity problems um, in your stomach. So I think that that was the issue that like ended up tipping me, me over, but it's always like kind of random. Like, you know, I never really know what's going to, to trigger it. Like I can get away with it sometimes. And sometimes I eat something yeah. and I pay. Keto has worked okay for me, but I'm not doing strict keto. I do eat veggies cause I work out a lot. Uh, so that is my carb. And carbs aren't bad, Monty, right? As long as you burn them off. Yeah. It's if you, I mean, you can eat an infinite amount of carbs as long as you're doing enough cardio. So there, there you have it. <laughs> if you want to create your diets there, that, that's just keep it in mind. All right. Let's head to our first segment of this shortened weekend, but important weekend. Uh, we start off this week with a fraud alert. So Monty, I'm going to need you to specify the question when we get to it. But this week's fraud alert are evil geniuses how fraudulent are evil geniuses let's get into our first segment of this week's power spike hi money how did i do is that right is it just how fraudulent yeah. i mean EG we know is? the management of eg is fraudulent that I mean, is we could we that go is ahead. Un unquestioned so, so fraudulent we kind of disappear from the uh <laughs> from the public view so, yeah, no, I think I think she just she just she's going to threads and she really doesn't support Elon Musk. So that's why she deleted her Twitter account. That's what it is. We know where her money is going to be during the uh, the the cage match between Elon and Zuck. <laughs> uh, I can't believe uh, that's the reality we might actually live in. <laughs> I read an article. I think it was on CNN. So it felt pretty credible. They're like, we now know what platform the cage match is going to be on. And it's going to be broadcasted on Twitter or on X, whatever. I'm going to call it Twitter forever. It's going to be broadcasted on Twitter, according to Elon. Zuck hasn't said anything yet, and the date of the fight is going to be in September. So get get your, get your uh, popcorn ready for all that. All anyway, right. yeah, we've seen Yeah, we've seen two weeks of evil geniuses in playoffs right now. They were obviously a little bit suspicious uh, coming off of when JoJo got camped or had bad games during the regular season. They almost completed a loss to TSM, which I guess wasn't super shameful, but what was a very shameful display, to quote Shogun Total War, uh, was the 
<laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it's a great yeah, meme. Yeah, yeah, it's a great yeah, yeah. meme. <laughs> it's a, it's an old meme, but there you go. Uh, what was a very shameful display beyond their ridiculous management was watching this series versus Cloud Nine, where even when they have pretty substantial and very winnable leads, they inevitably throw these games through over aggression and allow Cloud Nine to actually three O them. So. As far as fraudulent teams go, now we did see a lot of throws, like shocking amounts of throws this <laughs> week. Shocking. Like I was flabbergasted at how many 5,000 gold leads were absolutely squandered for no real reason. Um, but this was, I mean, they, they clearly like don't have, they're swapping their junglers in and out of a best of five. They clearly feel uncomfortable with the roster that the way it is. You know, I, the shot calling just isn't there. They're pretty fraudulent, I would say. They made playoffs. They did win a series in playoffs, so they can't be that fraudulent, but I'm giving them a 6 out of 10. They're certainly not as good as their record might have you believe. Yeah, I mean, they were in the lead in a lot of their early games, and they were in the game, but they, you know, they eventually throw super hard. Dom, what I mean, this is, a, this is a 12 and 16. They were one game behind Cloud9 and Golden Guardians, and they got clapped by Cloud9. Tom, what'd you say? I mean, the series was really weird because definitely EG is fraudulent, but it made me feel like both teams were fraudulent. Like, I felt like C9 was pretty fraudulent as well. Yep. Like, for a 3-0, this was a pretty ugly 3-0. Like, it felt like they should have lost two of the games. And if EG just wasn't so terrible at using their advantages, then C9 would have, you know, just been one and two going into what? game number four. They just weren't laning well enough. What you didn't like their zero damage composition in game number one, Dom? I mean, I, I hate the idea of being like, okay, enemy team pick Renekton. Let's counter pick ourselves with Aatrox, run into the Renekton lane, get shit on in that lane, and then just like hope we can fucking scale. Like it's just so weird to watch <laughs> C9 play. And the thing that, that that bothers me so much about C9 is it feels like they don't use their international experiences to their advantage. Like they go international, get absolutely fucked. Like they got destroyed internationally right like 3030 <laughs> like it wasn't yep. even fucking close like they, and it's not even that they got 30 it's that they got 30 in manners where it just didn't look like they were at all competitive um like with genji especially and then they come back and they just go back to doing the same exact things back in na they they do the same exact things where it's like all right guys like who cares about early game like pathing or like drafting well let's just do our thing and just don't make too many mistakes and then eventually wait for the enemy team to fuck up and they'll throw at some point oh they entered in our base nice we just ended the game like they just are good at punishing bad teams which is really that's a good way to to win lcs it's a good approach to win lcs and uh, the old tsm special yeah i mean it's always been the, the thing for for tsm the, the or for teams in the lcs you look at tsm you look at this version of cloud nine you look at tl when they were really dominant yep. always the teams that that won lcs were the ones that could just hold on and wait for a moment where the enemy team fucks up that's always been the recipe um but cloud nine just seeing them do this versus eg i mean i don't think that eg is that insane at lanes so if eg is getting that uh, outside of jojo if if eg is getting that far ahead what's it going to look like when they go internationally c9 doesn't try to contest it they don't try to draft to like do anything in the lane and then they sit back they scale they don't even scale in a way where like they should win the game they just have to wait for a mistake their whole game plan is predicated <laughs> on a massive mistake from the enemy team and it always happens so they always win but like it doesn't feel good when you're watching it
I mean, waiting for a mistake playing your best player on Ash is like a really terrible way to win video games of League yep. of Legends. It's really bad. Like, what? Why is Berserker even on Ash in these games? Why are we drafting Sejuani with Aatrox and LeBlanc? Like, why are we doing? Why are we doing any of these things? You know, their their entire team comp was predicated on like LeBlanc and Aatrox flanks, and if you don't execute those person uh, like perfectly, we see what happens. Fudge just goes out of the flank, even if he gets like multi people person knockups, he still just gets exploded if the rest of your team isn't engaging at the same time it just seems like they're not even capable of doing a lot of this stuff and why not have berserker on champions that can actually hard carry some of this these games right why are you on blue side banning kaisa you have berserker hello no just one knows. pick just fucking pick kaisa for berserker why, why are we doing this why are we yeah. doing this it's it's definitely weird to watch. And then when you see like how the, the game develops, they don't know how to play out their team compositions when they play these pick comps. Like when you're playing Sejuani and Ash, it felt like they were intentionally waiting for Unforgiven to have cleanse and flash up before they did anything. Where like the whole point of playing Ash Sejuani is that you're able to burn the person's cleanse and then you like fight fight afterwards. So when you have all these intervals, you fire an arrow. Okay, you burn his cleanse and the next time you kill. The Ivern didn't even go with Mikhail's. Like, I, I don't even know what this Ivern is doing, but Armeo somehow versus Sejuani Ash did not go with Mikhail's in his first three items. It makes no sense to me. But <laughs> they don't do anything to create like imbalances so they can actually have an advantage come a Drake fight. They just play the game out super standard. They hope that the enemy team makes a mistake. They go into um, objective fights with all summoners up, which doesn't even benefit them in the situation. Like if you go, if you simulated this game, it wouldn't be good for, for the left side team comp, the blue side team comp, Cloud9's team comp to actually have full sums going in, full sums and full ults going into Drake. You you want the imbalances so that your, your champions can be effective, but they just don't even create those imbalances and then they go into the fights. They lose the fights, but then EG just throws in the base and, you know, C9 ends up winning the game. It's just so hard to watch because you know it's not going to work. Like, that's the reason why I'm, I have, like, more hope for, like, Golden Guardians or Energy, even if they're worse teams. It's like, maybe if the meta hits them right or they, like, you know, just end up playing better games than Cloud9, like, they just play individually better, maybe then they could do something because they have the mindset that you need to be able to um, compete with, especially Chinese teams. You have to be willing to fight. And C9, they just look so unwilling. And, and that's what happened at MSI with both them and Golden Guardians. And, again, I said it last week. In those interviews with River, with Gory, with Ven, uh, with MNS, it was the other teams play so fast, it feels like we don't get to play the game. And it's because they are just waiting to receive the throws here in North America. They're just waiting to receive. And instead, they're receiving just like <laughs> a fucking 2000 gold deficit well, into getting snowballed out of the yeah, game. It's also it's also the fact that they're playing fast and they're not making mistakes. Like if you play fast and you make mistakes, then I think they'd be comfortable. But like they're just executing the plays that they should execute. And it's just stuff that's practiced. Like when you look at BLG at that tournament, for example, how many times they dive bot in that tournament? Like they just understood like, oh, mm -hmm. if enemy jungler paths top and we path bot level four and we have a Lulu, we will kill anyone under this turret 3v2. Like this is just what happens. And other teams couldn't grasp it over the course of the entire tournament. And, you know, C9 didn't do anything to, to try to, you know, figure out a way to counteract the style at all. They, they just played directly into it. You know, BLG got everything they wanted. Genji got everything they wanted and they just lose. It's it's hard to watch. Yeah. And and the, the biggest problem is that, like I said, they don't take anything from that experience and then 
you know, be like, oh, well, so this is that the way that people play. You actually can play to create these imbalances and you can punish pathing mistakes and stuff like that in in League of Legends. Oh, we're going to do that to NA. We're going to adapt this to our play style and then we'll be that team. It's like, no, they're like, nope, just keep on like sitting back and scaling. No, don't throw your ultimates. Don't pick winning lanes. You know, just relax, play the game. They'll fuck up at some point. Yeah. Uh, what do you rate them on fraudulency here, both EG and Cloud9? I'm adding an extra one here, Monty. So we'll come back to you for the Cloud9 I'll, one. Yeah, I'll go like uh, I'll go like a seven, I guess, on EG and like a six out on Cloud9. I guess they're not as fraudulent, but if you compare them to like the standard they should be at, I think that they could be arguably more fraudulent. Uh, yeah, Monty, what do you got? I think probably a six for both based on expectations. They're not terribly different, right? They were one game. Like I said, they they were separated by one game. But uh, honestly, like I feel like looking at these LCS playoffs and the way they've already shaken out, I really don't know who's going to win the title. That's how I felt watching these games because on the one hand, you have some some really sloppy matches, right? Where teams are are throwing gigantic leads. But you also know that if teams get a little bit more disciplined about how they close out games that if you take those early leads and snowball them properly and you can get over that hump it could lead to a very convincing title and you could say that you know you'd say that about golden guardians who is constantly up like four or five thousand gold in their games okay. right um or i mean you could take dom's approach which is true that typically even if you have a deficit the way to win an na is just to wait for the throw to happen and then catch it yeah, you know? and, and think about the team. Like NRG is one of the biggest throwers in the league. Like remember, <laughs> remember their their first couple weeks. No, no, like we don't remember game. those. The Baron, no, you, what Baron? Do you remember the one versus Immortals? Like Immortals started out 2-0, and one of them was like a 12k gold lead at like 20 minutes. And but now NRG is game. a catcher team now. But they're a catcher team now, Dom. They were catching all kinds of throws in this. I mean, series. they're they're catching like Golden Guardians throws when Golden Guardians is playing worse. But like th the thing is. I don't believe in NRG being... I think that, it, that it'll be the opposite. I think that when they play against Cloud9, I think NRG will have leads. Like, they'll be more proactive. But I just don't think they'll be able to, like, close the games yeah, out. Yeah. And we're going to end up with C9. I hope I'm All wrong. Right. But C9 just winning a title, like, by default again, essentially. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about NRG then, right? Yeah. Degon. Okay. Well, before we get to the segment on NRG, I do want to throw out this fact because this is the last time we're going to mention Immortals on this broadcast. NRG... Uh, 0-2 against Immortals. Yep. Remember, they lost at the very end, too. Uh, and I, I had a interview lined up with Juanito, and he was like, I can't do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got our fraudulency, uh, you know, alarms going off, but not too crazy as we normally do. We norm what what did we have like 30 out of 10 last week? I don't I don't I don't remember. <laughs> it was very fun. Uh, all right. Next up, we have our uh, segment where we love to watch teams that eat up the competition that's right it's time for devoured presented by our friends over at trolley let's get into it this one is energy feasting <laughs> on their opponents here in the playoffs and now setting themselves up for a very very good bite against the team that didn't want to face them at all in cloud nine let's get in also yeah monty i, I have to say I love the berry trolley sour bread crawlers. Those are the best <laughs> ones. They're all I delicious. Got, I haven't got them yet. Oh my god! Well, we'll get some sent over to you, Dom. The berry okay. ones. I mean, they're all good, but the berry ones truly are my favorite. They are delicious. 
the strawberry grape is favored amongst the players. They taste the red and the blue. And I'm like, that's actually purple. And they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> LCS player approved. <laughs> yeah, I am constantly left with, at the end of the bags, I'm constantly left with cherry lemons. And I'm like, ugh, it's not, that's, that one's not for me. They're all great, but that one's not for me. All right. Uh, guys, uh, it's time for Digon's Fact of the Week inside our Devoured segment brought Whoa. to you by Segmentception. Segmentception. <laughs> contracts is contracts is returning to worlds, and you can do some quick math. So I got three levels of it for you. Contracts is returning to worlds. How many years has it been since his last worlds? Six. Yeah, it was on C nine. Yeah, that's right. C nine in twenty seventeen. So it's been six years. What? Who previously held the record for the longest uh, period in between? Uh, world's appearances in major regions. So I'll make it even easier. Major regions. This one's the mi middle one. And then I'll give you the hard one afterwards. So this uh, longer than six-year gap? No, this one was not six years. This was a five-year gap okay. uh, in a major region. A five-year gap? It was a five-year gap. Well, I know the shy just got back after 2019, which is four years. A four-year gap. That was close. There's a couple guys up four years for major yeah. regions. All right. A uh, five-year gap. Five-year gap. This is a good one. I'm very proud of myself for finding this one. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think, man. This is actually hard. This yeah, is this, hard, one, this one was a hard one, but I was. I was close. I can was you, close. Can you, I can you give us the region? It is a Western region. Okay, that's helpful. Western region. Okay, that okay. makes it Western a little region. bit easier. Mm. European players. Let me think. Yeah, so the player would have had to have been active in 2018. Is it or 2017? Is it, it Odoamne? It is Odoamne. That's From right. Splice? He did it? That's right. Before oh it was H2K. God. It was yeah, H2K. H2K. That's right. When they made the semis. Yep. They made semis yeah. and it was Splice. That, that was, was good, so good, Dom. That was good. That guess. was I'm I'm very, very impressed. And then finally, hard mode. Name the player. Uh Actually, players. That that's kind of helpful. Name the players that have had the longest split between worlds. The, it is eight year gap. Eight year and, gap, and it's not major region, right? It is non major region. That's why okay. I was like, all right, we'll do the. So is that it, kind of is helps. it. Is it ten owns? Ten owns is one of yep. them. Yeah, ten owns. That's definitely made it originally. Uh, oh, that's a, uh, there's multiple eight years because it was yeah, the it was the kaboom to last year. Yeah. Okay. the last year so kaboom was 2014 then 2022 so that is the 10 knowns eight year gap is it a taiwanese player it is not a taiwanese player uh chad is saying brtt that is incorrect yeah no brtt he made it it was a he four was in 2015 gap. yeah it yeah. felt like forever but this this was i remember when i saw it i was like holy cow it has been a long time their first year they made it was 2014. So if you do the math, they made it last year. Mm. 2014 to last year. Isn't that crazy? That is like a crazy stat. I'll have to look at the teams from last year and see if I can figure this out. If you look at the teams, you'll be able to figure it out. You'll see a name and you'll be like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. It's definitely going to be a play-in team, I would assume. Yep. Without looking, Dom, here's your hint. It is a bot laner. 
It's not Holy Phoenix, is it? It's Holy Phoenix. Oh, that's what right. Right. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. I guess he went to like MSI's the... though, right? Yes, yeah, he, he went the... to he went to MSI's and whatever, and that was, huh. but not not it. Uh, he was part of uh, that the Dark Passage team, and then headed on over to Istanbul Wildcats. Uh, right, and uh, yeah, that's right. Damn. So we've got, I got, I just put up another names. Fab Fabulous was there 2014 to 2018. The Shy, obviously, now qualifying. It's been a four year gap for him. And then uh, if Keen makes it, he'll hop in at five years as well. So, okay. Um, but contracts making uh, major region history now. Um, he's not going to date you. Okay. <laughs> i meant d god he's not <laughs> contracts is not gonna he's not gonna date you d god i know you've been you've been really there. you've been simping for contracts I'm just, he's, I'm he's not gonna supportive. date you i i'm not i'm just proud i'm proud <laughs> i'm proud i posted the video earlier uh i brought uh they, they popped bottles like before my interview i covered the floor with tarp so that it felt like you know as a qualifying thing, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So on my Twitter right there, it was a great moment just to see someone kind of like grow like that and also feel like you've seen it happen. It was the same thing with Dokla. Dokla was there too. And to, to see him kind of grow as a player, prove people wrong, prove me wrong as well. And, um, you know, work their way on up and, and find success. So we'll head on over to energy themselves. They outplay out prep and felt comfortable with their picks against Golden Guardians, and they it's an upset. It is by far an upset. Golden Guardians is supposed to be a team that shows up and and you know achieves this level of greatness that they have found, uh, their form they found over this year. And instead, it's energy that surprised everyone. And on top of it, from what contract said and what I heard, they had a shit day of scrims. They were losing to NACL teams, and it was it, like the day before. And then they show up on stage and they like pop off. It was crazy. I hate the Did fact you? that this happened. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't I, I, I thought Golden Guardians at least had a much more stable floor. And, you know, we, we talk about how consistent Gory and River have been. Like, I don't know what's going on with drafting in some of these games. Like, why, why are we playing R5 Lissandra into like Chase? Nidalee, Rel, Renekton, Kaisa. Like, what, what, what do you think is going to happen here? Like, you're going to get some resets off of Tristana and Viego after you kill somebody, but they have so much, they have so much like peel and kite ability that it becomes really, really difficult. I think to win some of these games. And also, I mean, that's just you, you also have to kind of survive the laning phase uh, in in the case of the mid lane as well, which I think could be rather, rather troublesome. So I, I don't know what's going on with some of the drafting from Golden Guardians. I don't know what was happening with these throws where they would get these massive leads and then take some very questionable fights or even just basic shot calling mistakes like we saw in game number one where they over push into the base and then just lose the game off of the Baron. You would think that by now teams would understand this is just the meta. This is the meta this year, guys. 20-minute Barons are a thing. And that wasn't what happened here. This was like a 30-minute Baron. But teams can end pretty reliably right now off of a 22-minute Baron if you have enough of a lead and the waves are in the right place and you get the right kills. And so for you to fuck with this, over-push into the base, lose the, the Baron fight, and then you can just lose the whole game. I mean, like it, you wasn't, can just... it wasn't even close, though. Like, that was the thing. Like, I, I was watching it live, and I'm like, they can't end. Like, so yeah. what are they doing? Like, why are we not taking Baron here? And they could have just doubled back and set up Baron, yeah. 
I mean, you literally just you literally just take Baron for free. You're right yes. next to the Baron when the fight yes. ends, and yes. they just chose to to go mid instead, which was really weird. I felt like Golden Guardians had an uncharacteristically bad series, specifically River and Gory, who had been like the best yep. mid jungle in the entire league. I mean, they were just terrible like together. Um, and when you were watching the games, like it felt like Golden Guardians was still getting leads pretty easily. Like game one, yes. the 5K gold lead appeared out of nowhere like it literally appeared out of nowhere it's like oh they did just a good job of playing around rumble on the top side yeah and then you know they just get caught a bunch of times they make bad decisions and suddenly the whole game is over it's it's so weird to watch and it's so depressing because i feel like they kind of were the the na hope because they at least understand some of like the more sophisticated concepts in the game but then they just messed up the most basic calls and it's like well i guess they suck like maybe they make it through losers bracket who knows yeah, it, it felt like a, a, a series that both Golden Guardians were throwing, but also Energy was prepared to catch. And then Energy, you know, is that North American team that catches it and punishes. Uh, the Nidalee pick, very happy for one to be able to pull that out. That was exciting and to see it execute. But as you said, kind of surprising to see the the difficulties that River and Gory had trying to find things together. And in that snowball that you're talking about, the 5,000 gold lead, for uh, Golden Guardians in game one, it was licorice kind of getting awkwardly caught out on the top side of the map that started giving energy uh, the way back into the game. And it, it just felt, it felt uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic of Golden Guardians to not know what the next step was compared to how they've done the rest of the year. Yeah, it was, it was very weird. It, it, was, it was a very weird series. I mean, even like game number four, they have... A massive like draft gap they end up with a massive draft gap in the games and then like who he just can't get it together on a mumu and suddenly the viego who like that is a hard viego game like you're playing viego into like you know poppy talia you're outranged there's a lot of damage it's just very hard to get a reset on viego i mean contrast just completely pops off he's like 10 kills or something or like 11 12 kills something absolutely ridiculous in this game and you know he should never have gotten to that state and it felt like golden guardians also lost confidence in their ability to play the meta, I mean, they started defaulting to, like, Talia Jarvin. Like, they were just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, find some champions that we're actually competent on and just play them. And that was it. I mean, this, these are, this is like shit from spring or from last year. Yeah, I, I, it did feel like they had to go back to the comfort picks, to Dom's point. But why why can't we put together, uh, you know, a group, of, a group of champions that can actually work here? You know, it, this was one of the rare series where, you know, we don't even see Maokai drafted in game three, like I or banned, right? I don't, I don't know any other region that just allows Maokai to fall entirely through draft two games in a row, which happened yeah. in game three and game four. Um, that's like unacceptable. I mean, Maokai is fucking so good right now. He is, he makes playing almost any composition so much easier, so much easier, or against any composition, so much easier. All you have to do is time the R button right. You know what I mean? Like, wh why are we... Oh, I guess it was banned in game number four because Golden Guardians banned it because they weren't going to first pick it. So they have to, on blue side, they have to ban Maokai and Sejuani? Okay. Yeah. That doesn't I mean, seem great. Come on. you Like, literally, you can't play two of the most broken junglers in the game right now and we're back on some Jarvan bullshit? Yeah. It, it, was, it was really weird to see that. Also... When the Maokai was picked both games, they flexed it to support, which I think is like a super niche thing that you end up doing. I know like they they did they did an LPL, um, like yeah. Mako ended up doing it um, first, I believe. 
but that was something that was like an extreme like draft circumstance oh let's try to just get like a, a good pick for our um our jungler like if we flex it out right now we can get a turbo pick that can run the game it didn't feel like that was something that was like really op or that that's the preferable place for Malkai. i mean you want it to just be in the jungle because the the champion is just so broken um you know it does everything you want to do it can do objectives it's it could be frontline it could be damage it could be literally whatever you want has cc you know can play with engage can three play wards disengage. three unclearable wards yeah that you have you to enter damage late on objectives there's so much that this champion could do and they just don't you know, they, they just don't prefer to play it in the jungle. Both teams wanted to put in support. I thought it was really weird. Yeah, it was a last pick Sejuani in game number three for energy. So, and, and that was the game that uh, the Jarvan went crazy early game. They were saying on the broadcast all the time, it, it was in Palafox's head. He's everywhere. You got a ward everywhere. And still he was able to burn. He was able to be very efficient with burning flashes, the mid lane and get around. And they had a big lead. And even in that game three, it was still a scrap to the finish. It, it, well, Golden Guardians didn't look great. I'm all for pocket picks, man. I think pocket picks can be incredibly disruptive. It, they also brought back the old like Jarvan Rumble hot pot combo, which is an incredibly strong combo and has been for many, many years in the mid game, right? I'm all for this. But the thing is, when you pull pocket picks, you're supposed to pull them because you've been banned out, right? Or there aren't power picks available, or it's a counter to a power pick. The Jarvan was really none of these things. That's that's my problem is like the, you you go to your pocket picks when the well is empty, not when that's you, you literally can't play meta champions for some reason. Yeah. Uh, interesting that that game won prio for. Uh, for Golden Guardians also was Jace over Kaisa, and then we had two Kaisa games where FBI was looking. Great, but then you had two Kaisa games where. Sticks, they looked great. And even in that loss, he had probably the play of the series where he... I mean, he almost got them back in the game, perfectly. right? <laughs> it was crazy. So, like, shout-outs to both FBI and uh, Sticks, but also shout-outs to Kaisa, just being a great champ. Working hard yeah, on... It's, on one the, of, uh, it's one of my favorite champions to watch in pro play. Like, I, I, I really like watching Kaisa because it's not like Zeri where it's so blatantly OP that you can't, like... It's, like, annoying to watch. Like, a really good Kaisa player, it's just super sick to watch, like, somebody pick the right timing to go to go in and the way that they use the stealth is so yeah. crucial to the fight. It's not pop your ult to just cue them and, like, oh, you got a Yumi on you. Oh, they, like, they're, they're away from their base. So you can chase them all the way down. It's not that type of bullshit that no one fucking likes watching. It's just such a sick champion to watch in pro play. So I hope that it, that it stays in the meta for, for Worlds because it's just, it's so much nicer to watch this than the metas we've seen previously. I mean, I do appreciate that they're, they're, they're tuning down some of the Void Seeker nonsense because I think the, the, po the poke but is it, broken. But I agree with you about the timing thing. Like what's fun is watching when the Kaisig tries to go into the back line with the ults in order to assassinate the enemy AD carry. Because you really do have to be very good at keeping track of enemy summoner spells in order to pull that yeah. off and not get instantly CC'd and die. So no, so the the toning down of the W is mega fake. By the way, you you know what they did? You know you know? Do you know what the actual change was to the W? Well, it seventy seven percent to seventy five percent. Yes, cooldown reduction or cooldown. So you, so when you hit your W, it it now is two percent less refunded than it was before. What the no, fuck? No, I think what that does. Um, I haven't tested it myself, but I think what that does is that it makes it so. You can't spam it. I know it, it sounds small, but I think it's it actually does pretty significantly decrease the amount of spammability. Because so let me, let me put it this way: one of the problems with Void Seeker was that 
So the more plasma stacks you have on somebody, the more damage it does, right? So I think one of the problems they were trying to address was that if you hit uh, the same target with multiple void stickers, it would stack the plasma. Um, and then that's why, that's why. So I think you can't stack the plasma anymore, which you is can. where a lot of the big, you can still? Okay. Yeah, well, I think that was the goal. Can. I think that was the goal of changing it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at like what the, I mean, with no ability, like assuming you have literally zero ability haste where there's like obviously ability haste in your build, um, the fourth, it's it's only 14 second, um, uh, 14 second uh, cooldown at max rank. So like once you have it maxed, like you're going to be able to just spam it the same way. Yeah, uh, as a uh, solo queue Kaisa abuser, if I get to late game, that's all that matters. It, it doesn't feel that different. But in the mid game, it is harder to land two void seekers once it's already leveled up it's still harder to land it unless i'm shooting it right on uh uh cooldown yeah and it, it also depends more, on it also depends on how close you are to them i would imagine because it mm -hmm. does take time to move for the entire screen so yeah. i like i said i haven't tested it myself but i i do believe that was the goal behind those changes yeah no i mean so like i mean it doesn't matter because like when you if you're shooting them as soon as that like the the travel time like it once it hits like it'll be the same like unless they're walking further away it'll be the same amount of distance traveled so it really just matters about like when you're firing it um and with no ability haste you already have it, it would go down by 10 and a half seconds which would mean that you know it's 3.5 seconds um that the plasma would be on for assuming that you hit it and that's with no ability haste where there's already ability haste in your build um and the plasma stack sticks for four so maybe there's like a like a millisecond smaller window but it's still going to be the same broken bullshit and especially if people like understand now that you go ability hey so the thing about about kaisa and i know ls has talked about this um a lot is that if you really care about the ability haste all you have to do is instead of when you're going to ap kaisa build instead of going ludens you just go leandris and then That's you just fair. have more ability haste than you would have if like before the nerf by far so it's something that you could easily do to compensate, but you don't even need to do it is my point. It's like such a m marginal change. Yeah. Um, let's reel this back into energy. They devoured Golden Guardians. Monty, you said earlier that because of that EG performance that Cloud9 put on, you're not sure who's going to win. How do we feel about energy's possibilities of being top two in this next series? Because again... Cloud I don't know how to I don't, I don't know how to predict LCS anymore. Okay, like <laughs> here's the thing. MNS doesn't either. He's lost me like a ton of money on, uh, on <laughs> LCS <laughs> as well. Oh, I had my yes. editor copying his his bets, and like literally every single day, Forrest just ends with, "I don't know how to bet on this region anymore. I'm going to sleep." Like in game number four, <laughs> that's literally every single day these days. Yeah, it's true though, right? Like, who would have predicted that Palafox would be the one popping off in these playoffs? Uh, look, I know that there, there is, you know, there's Int within MNS, right? I know that Int dwells within him. And he had a couple good games in the series against CG. He didn't die, I think, in the first couple of games. Um, but I just know that sometimes he will randomly run it down and he's kind of, you know, an obstacle to Cloud9 success. So if we have a another Palafox pop-off series, if Palafox ends up being the, the fucking MVP of playoffs, that's pretty huge. Also, FBI looks a lot better. And as we've talked about in previous weeks, the engage meta is an Ignar meta. So it, it does feel like things are coming together at the right time. Viego has been contract probably signature champion throughout his career. 
And that's something that he can play right now. So maybe they're just patch zerging their way to the top, man. Like it, it doesn't feel now. Do I think they're going to beat C9? No, but I didn't think they were going to win either of their last two matches either. And they managed to pull it off. So I would say I still favor Cloud9 relatively heavily. But is it possible that NRG makes it to finals? Yeah. I mean, they're already we're going to have to watch these guys at Worlds now. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. De definitely feels like a. Uh, we we say this situation all the time about every team that tries to take down Cloud9. And before that, it was TL. Before that, it was TSM. It was, you got to show me. You got to show me. Was it FlyQuest? No, they fell apart. Was it Golden Guardians? They're falling apart. Is it energy? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Dom? Yeah, I'm, I'm team C9. I think C9 will just end up like winning. I mean, if you think about the playoff series that they played before, there I think it's going to be an ugly series. It's going to be another one where you don't feel great about it, but after like at the end of the day, C9 will not throw the leads once they get them. And there's a bunch there was a bunch of back and forth between Golden Guardians and Energy, and I just think that Cloud9 just needs a couple of these fights and they'll just run the game. They just know how to like slow a game down and beat you once you make a mistake. And I think that's so crucial in the LCS. Let's just let's just not put Berserker on Ash, please. Can we just put him on the? I mean, he, the... he's doing things that aren't possible, by the way. Like I, I don't know what LCS AD carries are doing, but somehow he was able to push a wave bot with Ezreal, then roam top, kill the top later, and then just recall and go back bot and just caught the next wave. <laughs> like it was like, how is this even a thing? Like, what is actually going on? Where somehow timing window Ezreal, god, <laughs> the Ezreal AD carry is. Ro is out roaming the jungler like he, he is he is ganking more efficiently than blabber was in the game he's playing ad it, like it doesn't make sense what's going on uh well we'll see what happens as those two teams try to devour their way to the top of the lcs straight into the grand finals and skip their way out of plans i kind of like the fact that all these matches now have stakes either it's season ending or it's getting out of play-ins and not having the pressure of looking like the dummy or getting out of the fourth place game and having to lose against EU or having to beat EU. That's all that is stressful. I, look, but, man, uh, I'm down yeah. for Golden Guardians versus Mad Lions. That's all I'm saying. I'm 1000% yeah. down for that fourth place match. <laughs> I, mean, I think Golden Guardians would actually be like one of the best fourth seeds we could send. I think yeah. they'd do better than EG, even if EG ends up like beating them or something in the... Yeah, in, in, in that match, assuming they both end up winning their uh, best of fives in the lower bracket. Yeah, I'm just throwing this one out there. You got Worlds uh, plot armor Jensen there for Dignitas, who still can find their way to ruin this for everyone. You got TL in the Korean experiment that is made for Worlds. It's all it's all here on the line. Honorary Korean APA. And honorary <laughs> Korean APA. That's right. <laughs> He, too, <laughs> listens to everyone as he's like, you know, shaves his head and, you know, doing all the rookie hazing. I love it. I love it. Just like football season. All right, y'all. This is a reminder that this episode and this segment was brought to you by Trolley Sour Bright Crawlers. Sour Bright Crawlers crawl to the beat of their own yummy gummy drum and truly unlike any other sour gummy out there, just like energy found a way two worlds in their own unique way congrats to energy and thanks to our friends over at trolley for supporting power spike next up unlike trolley which is easy to swallow time for our segment tough to swallow monty this one's you man and i'll support you with it because it definitely 
Faker should have been in there because Pooby got to play and we got to see how bad everyone in T1 went in. <laughs> I am frustrated, but we'll let Monty take the lead on this week's Tough to Swallow. It's the LCK All-Pro voting and results it's and not the voting. whole process. There's yeah. no voting. That goes on. It's, these motherfuckers it. are so lazy. Can we can we just call them out? Whoever the fuck is voting for LCK All Pro is just is just bad at their job. Like they just shouldn't get votes. Like we'll do it. We'll do it. Right. Supposed to do. Andrew, fly fly the thing. Fly the thing. Fly the thing. <laughs> Dom's ready to take over my segment. It's all right. We can both rant, Dom. I, I, yep. I think this is so for those of you who don't know what happened was that we got to see the results of LCK all pro and I don't understand how this keeps happening because it only really happens in Korea guys, but the entire first all pro team is just literally all of KT and the entire second all pro team is just literally all of Gen G. How is it possible that these teams were one best of three apart from each other? And in fact, Gen G was leading in the standings for most of the split. But you're telling me that Genji has zero players at the best yes. who are the best in their role in their position. Yes. And you are telling me that Cuz is the best jungler in the in the fucking yes. LCK. And you're telling me that the most valuable player, the player who stood out the most on their team was Lehens, who apparently is playing with wait for it the four other best players at their position on the Any team. Any plays support. Any, Any plays support. support. Uh, look, I'm not saying Lehens hasn't been good. He has been very good. We could talk about whether he or Delight was better. Um, we cannot talk about the fact that Cuz was the best jungler in the LCK because that that's just not true. Um, I don't think that... Re I mean, I think there's a lot of arguments you could make for AD carry depending on what you value. Personally, I would have put Viper on top. There's also... Here's something. There's even a world where you can vote Deft on top. He actually broke the damage per minute record in the mm -hmm. LCK, this split, being on a pretty bad team, if we're going to be honest. Like... His team fight positioning and his damage output has been absolutely massive. And when D plus win games, oftentimes it's off of the strength of Def's team fighting. So there's a lot of arguments you could make for various AD carries. But like, what are we just rubber stamping the first place team and just pretending they have all the best players? By this logic, guys, how can KT lose? How can they lose this this split? How can they lose in playoffs? It should be impossible. They literally have every every player is the, best, the best player coach. in their role and the best coach. Which is, so which is it should be impossible for them to. And so if you don't, way, <laughs> if you if you're only one game up, the only argument you can make is that they have. It, it's kind of like when I was on TL and we ended up getting a bunch of all pro votes, and it was in 2015. The whole thing was that we were strong individual players, but like once we got together as a team, like we just couldn't make things happen. Crap, coach. So, so the only thing that you could do, and yeah, I mean that that would be it. The only thing you, the only argument you could make is that their coach is just dog shit and their synergy is horrible. But when you watch <laughs> KT, it's like the opposite. Like I think that the reason why they're so good is that they play consistently, and then when they get yes. around an objective, they're very smart about like picking the correct engages, understanding like how to control pockets of vision. They don't fuck up in team fights. Their coordination is probably their strength. So the fact that they're all just like the best players, it's so fucking lazy. Like these people just don't give a fuck <laughs> about their jobs. They don't take Dude. voting seriously, which right. I think is bullshit. Like if you're if you're voting LCK All Pro, take your fucking job seriously. And, and do something that makes fucking sense. Like, who are you, man? Like, what and, and is there were, shit? There were a bunch of players and coaches, including the player representative Peanut and the coach Score on Gen G, who literally just voted all of the KT members. As, they can't as vote first themselves. Team I know, but come on, so they, like, so they kind of have to do that. But, that makes but sense. Have to? They could have. They, they could have actually turned on their brains. Yeah. Sure. 
Sure. They could have, but then they, could, then they could get accused of like fixing the vote and stuff. So like, I think that for the people that are directly involved, it's not on you to make this shit happen. It's on the media and everyone else who's getting to vote. I just, I just think it's crazy that this, these kind of results keep happening because like the results based analysis that happens in these LCK all, uh, all pro votes is, is absurd. And it also just ruins history because then we just forget that there were really good players on not top two teams, right? Like, surely there must be one or two players who aren't on Gen G or KT who are top two in their position. Otherwise, you're just making a you're making a, you know, a, an assumption that the entire region, that like everybody else must be super weak. But you know what? You know, Hanwa was 12 and six. D plus was 11 and seven. There must be some players. And to your point, Digon, like there is a very weird case. I, I would not vote this way. But you could make a case, I think, and it might be legitimate that Faker is the MVP. <laughs> by not playing by yes! not by not yeah. playing he proved how valuable he was and i'm i don't think that's a that's the best like i would not name him mvp yeah. but i do think there's a conversation there at least like he is definitely in the conversation yeah you can put him at two or three that's fine that's fine yeah, I mean, I think didn't in have, like, I, I, obviously like you would have to do it by like it's like the it's like the you know value by subtraction type of bullshit okay. but i just think that like he didn't perform well enough in okay. the games that he played where you can start sure. like putting him in the mvp sure. conversation right. But but Dom, shouldn't everyone who watches the LCK have learned the following lesson from Faker's departure? Because even if we don't say Faker's the MVP, what did Faker show? What did he show? That it, all that of his what? teammates are fucking frauds. <laughs> yes. So what is what oh, wait, does that is mean? That, is that the answer? What, <laughs> is that, what does that mean, Dom? That means that one player on a team that isn't in the top two can actually be hugely important and elevate that entire team. Right. So how come we couldn't learn the lesson? <laughs> yeah, that too. Maybe there are hugely important players on not top two teams where we see the absence of Faker. We could say, wow, if Faker played this whole split, maybe he should be in the conversation for top two all pro. Right now. What how does how does Hanwha Life win two thirds of their games? Do they just not have any top two players in their role? Like, are, are you fucking serious? Like, Here's no, something. It's just crazy. And because here's the thing about Hanwha too. No one is saying Hanwha has great like laning phase or like the best coordination in the league. They're not punching above their weight, right? So somebody is fucking carrying this team. Same thing with D plus D plus late game is horrendous. It's horrendous. So who, who is carrying this team? How did they get 11 wins? It was deft, right? Showmaker hasn't been great. Canyon's been either really good or really bad, depending yeah, on the game. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, Canyon uh, uh, is the uh, player of the split along with Zeka based well, off of the player of the game standings. Right. So, so you could make an argument for Zeka too, because he actually was very important. Now, I wouldn't say he is all pro because I think his champion pool is limited. And I think Chovy and BDD were better, but he's third. You know, I think he's pretty convincingly third, actually. Yeah, I, I just think so. Here's something I just looked at. Out of the last four splits, so that's 20 players. There's only been two players out of the 20 that have not been on the first place team that have made all pro. First team all pro. Like, how does that make any sense? Like, it's so it's so useless. Like, it just devalues the, you know, the award. Like, now when you start looking at people's resumes and it's like, oh, this guy got first team all pro. If it's from LCK, you just immediately. Nope, doesn't count. Like, yeah, all pro. What does that mean? He was just on the best team. Like, yeah, unfor unfortunately, the Korean players in press 
and whoever is voting on this, including the global casters, right? They vote on it too. They collectively cannot be trusted at this point in time. So we, we need a different way to do all pro within Korea or just abolish it. I'm fine with abolishing it, by the way. We don't have to have all pro in Korea. Because it can't keep going like this. This is this is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this this was probably the most ridiculous because like we were making the argument on this show about the spring one where I'm saying like, dude, players like Viper are so fucking ELO held. He's so clearly ELO held. And like he doesn't it's just not even like a, a, a competition like, oh, he can't even fucking sniff the all pro lists when he when he's carrying this team. The only reason they're in playoffs is because this guy is so good. And this was like when there was a disparity of what T1 was 17 and one. And then Genji was like 13 and five or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was that level of disparity. This is a one game disparity. So yes. are you telling me that if in that last match where Genji got stomped by KT, if Genji just stomped KT, then they would just be all pro. Yes, yes exactly. Yes, that's that, it, precisely. That's, it's that's crazy. how it logically goes. That's <laughs> fucking insane. Like that is really <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Like, it's just there were one not game. Mention, not to mention, by the way, they they split the series one one over the course of the split, and we're trying to evaluate for the whole split. Ah, but Genji so lost not, the bro at the end. Uh, so, oh, okay. So that just yeah, that, that they're all bad. So it, yeah, that was it. That was it. I, I I don't even know like what to say about this. Like it's clearly it it. You can't even make an argument that Cuz is the best jungler, by the way. Like, he wasn't. Yeah, P Peanut gets that one. I think Peanut, there's three I, I, roles. Of course. Yeah. There's three roles that, that I, I would have argued, which is, I mean, I would argue Chovy. I would argue Pays. Okay, so here's here's another thing. Pays was like the MVP, right? Like, that was the whole thing is that it was leaning to That was the reason why you were so pissed off on the show is because it was leaning towards Pays MVP instead of Q, uh, right? I won. <laughs> you kind of won. You, well, you, you kind of you won. Didn't, you didn't get your guy in office, but yeah. you also didn't let the other guy in office. Yeah. Uh, our keen pain. You, like, wanted, you wanted Bernie Sanders and you got Biden. Congratulations, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a very accurate analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But anyway, like that's the thing. It's so this over guy was for team. Damn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my problem with it is that like if pay, if Pays was so good that he was going to be the MVP if Genji just won this match, how did he fall under aiming? Like aiming's been good. I've liked aiming's play, but if but but they were saying that Pays was the best. So how did he fall so much in such a short time? So he was by far the best for like eight weeks. And then it's like, oh, fucking week nine came and boom. It's all, it's all just all went out the window. It just doesn't, it, it's so logically inconsistent is my problem. I wonder, I wonder if they show the votes. So you they do, they, they do. I haven't found it. I want to see it. Like who I voted where? real quick. Yeah, because you guys got me going back to my all pro votes and I'm I'm looking to see if I had anything egregious because I, I went against the grain with a lot of different things. I put Rich up there because I thought Rich was I think very that's, good. that's possible. Yeah, but that's then, definitely an argument you could make. So the, the two people. Thank you. The two people that I ended up skipping out on were Fudge and uh, Licorice because I put Revenge up there. So I put um summit who was i feel so justified that he was my first team all pro because that was yep. that was such a carry performance and then i put rich and then i put um revenge and i was like yeah that feels good it's a little against the grain i put Powell fox in there that feels justified as well i feel like i'm justified in all these things that i i did except i think there's one i missed on pretty hard you need to say unforgiving no i think that was it uh core jj 
I slid in. I think I slid in core JJ there. I think core yeah. is reasonable. Support. I mean, the problem is there was no good supports outside of like, I mean, number one, you had who he and number two, you had Sven. And then like, yeah. who the fuck is number three in the LCS after that? There's such a big drop off that, I mean, you can just pick a player and make an argument for them. I mean, yeah. what's crazy not to be is, though. is, is looking at the, the <laughs> LCK votes here. Basically, everybody except for one person, Micro, the DRX coach, picked either aiming or pays as ADC. I don't understand how that's possible, guys, because like this was the most competitive position. And I think you can literally make cases for pays, deft, viper, uh, aiming. Um, I mean, I think you can make pretty good cases for all three or all four of those four. players and Gumiyushi, who was the best player on T1. I think you can make an outside shot for Gumiyushi. So how is it that we have five possible candidates for first team all pro and people should be, you know, it depends on what you value, right? It depends on, on your definition of how hard that person is carrying, to, you know, what their job is on the team. And yet we only have one person who doesn't vote for aiming or pace in first team all pro only one person out of like 30. That's insane. That is insane. Yeah. Even Double If got a vote here in North America. <laughs> Sorry, that was such a troll pick from uh, David. Uh, he's the TikTok guy who gets a vote. But uh, no no votes at all for Guma. So I feel like that's a harder push. Like, he played well. But maybe it is. Maybe they just value winning, Monty. It's, it's, you're the winner. You're the best player. Simple as that. I think Peanut was the most robbed. I think this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so weird to to look at. I mean, it happens every split, and I you know it also just tilts me. You know, I guess like if you think you know Lehens was that much better than Delight, but literally everybody except for two people, and they were <laughs> everybody except for two people, and they were literally the people on KT who couldn't vote for Keen. The only two people who didn't vote Keen as the first All Pro top laner were Supreme and Lehens, the only people who could not make, pick Keen, and yet Keen is not MVP. Meanwhile, yeah. Lehens is splitting votes with Delight. Even there's a, there's a weird carrier in there. Carrier. CB, I've had Yo, CB Max, what's up? CB Max. CB Max? Yeah. No, no wonder his teams are always dog shit. No wonder his teams <laughs> fucking suck. This guy doesn't know shit about League of Legends. So, what but, the but, fuck? But, but here's the thing. like, If Keen was unanimous among voters who could vote for Keen, really he's not mvp we get lehens also the disparity is so big between keen and anyone else like yes it's think about the difference between him and doran like no <laughs> no one puts like even if doran i have to think about this because so one of the problems is i don't watch the dog shit team so i don't actually know i've watched well i, I won't say i won't i haven't watched them i haven't watched them consistently enough to know how good the the dog shit team's top laners are like i know that Dindin Dude is been, pretty good dude has been good. pretty good dindin's been like apparently pretty good as well doran like he, I guess he's performing, but I just don't believe that. Like, what? Like, he just first picks Jax now. It. I mean, I, he's not the Jax guy. Like, come on, he's the, not the, the top guy lane. The top lane Jax. pool is surprisingly thin in Korea right now. So yeah, I do. And then, I, I kind of have to agree. I I've done a lot yeah, of hater he episodes. <laughs> he, he was pretty bad. Um, we for, saw like, the Sante play. That's yeah, all we're yeah. saying. That's a, that's a all pro <laughs> losing play right there. When he when he ults the 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 Lehens Alistair into his turret. Yeah, that was bad. That's one um, that loses you all pro. But anyway, I just, I, the keen pain has failed guys. We failed to convince the Korean. Actually, you know what? We didn't even fail to convince the Koreans. They all voted for keen yet. For some reason, here we are. What the fuck is this? I can't win guys. I can't win. Yeah. Well, 
You kind of won. It depends if you think just getting someone from the uh, KT side is a win, but it's it's not your guy. It is a guy. I mean, he's uh, the hens is the hens is literally the third player that I think deserves MVP out of all of the KT players because I think even BDD deserves it more than he does. So this yeah. was a hard one for me. Yeah, the most contested role for first team All Pro wasn't even the support one. It was actually mid BDD and Chovy were splitting votes. It, it was actually very, very close. And then uh, some people valued uh, Zeka higher than uh, BDD or than BDD or Chovy. But basically, all the way through is BDD and Chovy. Um, so interesting, interesting vote stuff here in the LCK. Maybe we shine a light on it. Maybe we can shake it up a little more. But I mean, hey, same, same, same kind of thing happens sometimes in North America. You go too far to the crazy in NA. All of a sudden, you, you have weird votes popping. I think up the only stuff. way that you can ever—I don't even think this is justified—but the only time you can ever have the argument is when one team's like seventeen and one, eighteen and zero, and like the next closest team has like twelve wins or something. Where there's like just a clear dominant team. That's the only time where I think you can even approach having five. But when it's two teams like this, like get the fuck out of here. Like just so <laughs> it's it's so egregious because it's the second team is just all Gen G as well. I'm like, come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> look, like if you mix the teams up, I could see it. Like I would be like, all right, you know what? They were clearly the two best teams. Like I'm 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 a Viper enjoyer. I still think Viper is fucking insane. Like, I don't know. When when you watch this guy play, he's just clearly special. If you can't get over the fact that like sometimes he's going what people can't get over is the fact that because Viper plays with horrible information, he's getting less vision. His teammates aren't in the right spot. It's so much harder for him to play. And he's going to naturally make more mistakes than somebody like aiming who has everything set up for them. If you put Viper in KT, KT is a better team. Like Viper is, is a Agreed. top two AD carry in the world. Ruler Viper. Those are the best two AD carries in the entire world. People can't get over that. So they'll be like, Oh, but look at like all these mistakes Viper made. I can understand that being a thing, but at least just mix up the fucking all pros of the first two teams. Like they were the, clearly the two best teams in the league. Wasn't, wasn't competitive at all, especially not from T1. They were nowhere close to anyone else. So sure. Just mix up those teams. If it's 10 from the, the first two teams, I'm fine. It just needs to be like three and two and then <laughs> three and two for each team. And then I'm fine. A uh, couple guys saying, Hey, uh, wh why are you doing Hansama dirty like that? Um, sorry to break it to you. Hansama is great. He is not Viper or Ruler. <laughs> um, uh, he's not so even Elk. <laughs> I, I will say that when, uh, by the way, guys, when I I curse and like talk ill of the Korean voters or when I get mad about the Koreans, sometimes it's gotten me into trouble with the, the Korean fans. Um, okay. Yeah, they don't like it when I call out like commentators and stuff like that for their opinions. Cause you know, that's in Korean culture, you don't really like go hard at somebody in public. <laughs> oh shit. Well <laughs> do it online. Yeah, well, you know, get, well, I mean, they go hard on me in public. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, no, that, like, it, uh, like when I talk about the commentators, right? do the commentators go hard on you, dumb? No, or it's just no, the fans. no, it's the fans. fans. Yeah, it's the fans. Just for um, does it for fun. Yeah, so it, but but if you're feeling yeah, angry, sure. if, if you if, if you're feeling angry at Monte Cristo and you want to cool down, uh, you can go get you know the thing that uh, when I'm when I'm blunt, you can get your blunt tip <laughs> from freeze <laughs> from freeze pipe, and this this is a new product actually, and it goes in the freezer for 20 minutes and you're ready. It can it can also do 510 vape 
vape uh, vape cartridges as well. So if you have a vape pen that takes 510, you can hook it up to this and, and it'll cool that down as well. Or, you know, get a, get yourself a, a pre-rolled joint or blunt, you know, from your local dispensary. Unfortunately, weed is quite illegal in Korea, so I'm not sure if the Koreans will actually be able to enjoy this. I would not recommend this in Korea. But if you are in a place where it's legal, like Glorious America, uh, you can go get yourself a freeze pipe and enjoy it. Uh, 10% right. off at thefreezepipe.com with promo code LFN. After, got a lot you, of new products. after you head on over to thefreezepipe.com and put in promo code LFN, let's let's give a hand here for Monty. Like nice little clap here. This was a good one. Again, I was I was too fixated on not triggering Dom with freak conversation that when you hit blunt, I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Either. Damn, uh, there two you for go. two. Thanks, two for two thanks, today. the freeze pipe. You guys are the best, and you make great products. I do, and. It'd be uh, perfect for our next segment, which is the Galaxy Brain Club, as we like to expand our brains to the galaxy, uh, as we will discuss the four teams that are making it out of the LPL gauntlet, the best eliminator in all of league esports, maybe all of esports. It's uh, the gauntlet has concluded. We have our four teams heading on over to uh, the world's group stage. Remember, they get to skip the playing stage. Uh, so let's get into it. Our Galaxy Brain Club, the LPL squads at Worlds. All right, Dom, it is here. The, the curse is here. Again, if you missed it earlier, Dom got sick for predicting a the shy win. And now instead of it was a you win into a loss, you, you, know, you, you, you stopped us again, bro. You're the yep. one who always complains about rookie not going to worlds and yep. he got he got he got griefed again dom he got griefed yep. again <laughs> the the situation didn't work it failed at the last minute i guess it doesn't matter so now we, what we figured out um during the split was that there was two opposing forces at work the fact that rookie always gets griefed before he gets to worlds so he can never go to worlds and tn going to worlds no matter what and then just griefing at worlds so they were just they're fighting against each other and i thought that what would happen was tian would be able to get rookie to worlds and then maybe rookie could get tian out of like the swiss <laughs> stage at, at worlds didn't end up happening what we learned is that the biggest force in the lpl is rookie getting griefed by his teammates and not being able to go to worlds that's just it has to happen every single year so and it always happens the same way there's always a close game four or game five situation where he's doing everything he can and one of his teammates is running it the fuck down and this time it was tian game five that starter pick he, he played it like he made one good play and then he made only bad plays after that lost the whole team the game classic <laughs> that's so painful <laughs> how did the like, shy make what like if you think about it, I, I love i love how last week we were just like there's no way weibo makes it through this bracket. <laughs> i i was i was hoping that they didn't but then when i started looking at the bracket like i mean then when we saw who actually they had to play against it's like it's pretty easy i mean they it's literally just can you beat top because edg was not at the same level as the other teams i mean i thought i thought at least with the shy there might be like an all a you know, pop off performance. I mean, he's been doing really well towards the end of the season. So I was hoping that, you know, maybe the shy would like run it down a little bit. Um, he did, but yeah, it know. doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just so criminal. Like when you think about when you think about the level that the shy has played at, you know, over the last three years since they since they split up, 
the shy has been maybe like a C C level player, a C plus level player. We're like rookie has been a a minus consistently for years, and rookie has not gone to worlds, and the shy has. That is just it's so impossible. It makes no sense. <laughs> uh I was I was at least I was really hoping with the EDG series that happened last night. I watched the games. Um, I watched the games this morning. Um, I I was really just like hoping, but I think unfortunately, you know, right now it's fun that Uzi's back, but. You know, we've seen kind of Uzi's greatest hits of Lucian and Vayne throughout the later stages of the LPL. And like, while it's fun to see those for nostalgia reasons, you find out pretty quickly, like, why these aren't exactly meta picks at the moment. Even if you are getting some counter matchups, like we've seen with, with Vayne into the Kai'Sa debate, if that's a counter matchup, but players think it is. Um, you know, and always a spectacular Lucian player, but Lucian really is just, I think, very, very difficult to play right now. Um, with the amount of CC that's getting thrown around, um, you know, he, if you want to get a calling off, you kind of have to be in the front line. That's, that's really hard to do if there is a Maokai or a Zejuani or a Rel or any of these like high engaged champions, um, within the game right now. And Fofo is just, he's just not good enough either. Like, yeah, he's not good enough. <laughs> he's just not good enough. I feel kind of bad for his basic. Jiaohu, like, yeah. Jiaohu's different. <laughs> I, I I felt bad for for JJ and and Ale who I think have been really pretty good and JJ is a smart player like I I especially think JJ one of his strengths is that he's really good at reading the enemy jungler and counter ganking like reading like basically waiting for a gank to come in and then turning the play and I've always really liked that about him in fact some of the you know JDG's losses from this year have been JJ just kind of like dunking on Kanavi at times and. It's it's unfortunate that he doesn't really have, you know, a couple lanes that are as strong as his opponents in basically every single match that he's playing. Well, well JJ ran into Weiwei, who was just an absolute stud in the first game, was throwing down the gauntlet on the poppy, getting the ganks. It was it was fun to watch. Like that that was a very fun jungle poppy performance. And I feel like I get to say that a couple times about maybe blabbering contracts every now and then but he was everywhere five and oh leading the way for the squad and I mean, allowing his team to just operate i'm i'm a huge poppy fan um for pro players like i am i, I think poppy is one you of the peanuts, it, so. what you like peanuts so makes sense <laughs> <laughs> that well, guy is like poppy i have guy. a i have a love hate relationship with peanut but in any case um I think like Poppy is just so good at the professional level. And if you want to know why watch game four of this series where Weiwei is actually just completely taking JJ's Szechuani out of Baron fights so they can absolutely hundred percent secure it two Barons in a row where he manages to ult the Szechuani out. It is just so powerful if you land the ultimate because you don't need a lot of time to take Baron when you have a lot of the, huge 80 carries are in his ear on your team right now like if you have kaisa on a baron and you can buy yourself an additional five seven seconds because a poppy is ulting people out of the way um there's not really a way to flip it and we know how bar how powerful baron is and how easily you can end the game with that uh with that buff right now so it's it's just incredibly powerful and i and i i, I think poppy's been really really strong for a long time she's also just incredibly good at ganking in the early game right um so you could really do a lot to get some of your carries ahead 
So I'm, I'm a huge Poppy believer, and you see why here. Like, Weibo was able to come back in this game, really, because of the Poppy pick and because it allowed them, to, especially to get the first Barrett uncontested as Weiwei took Mako and JJ out of the out of the Baron fight. So, yep. Yeah, Weiwei had a really good series overall. He's kind of just insane. Like, I don't know. Weiwei was such an upgrade to this team. I think he was the, the main reason why this team got over the hump because they, they look like they were pretty locked into being like a sixth place team with Karsa. And then as soon as they started playing Weiwei, everything changed. I mean, he's just way more active on the map. He has a really good champion pool. Like the fact that he can also, he's probably the best Lilia player in, in the LPL. The fact that he can bust that out into these tank matchups, I think that's really valuable. Um, and he just executes in the clutch where you just don't see the same thing out of, you know, Carsa. Carsa was a serial inter at, at this point in his career. So it's tough. It's tough. I, I will say though, again, Carsa going to his seventh worlds as a substitute. But still going to his seventh <laughs> world. <laughs> Hell no. No? You're not buying that no, one? We're okay. not counting right. that shit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven for Jahu as well. So uh, yeah, pretty, pretty I, impressive. I, I'm not sad to not see EDG go to Worlds. I am sad that Top got eliminated by Weibo. Because like Weibo is just that team. You know, there's always that one Chinese team that just randomly gets wrecked in groups or I guess in Swiss this time around. And the crazy thing about Weibo is like, they absolutely could just completely crash and burn right at worlds. Uh, they could also 100%. potentially win world. <laughs> I, think I don't think they could. <laughs> I, I think that there's a level between the, the top teams and sure. And, and them like, I think the top three are like, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I've also seen peak the shy. So uh, do I think we're going to get that? No, I think we're well past that era. We haven't um, seen that since literally 2019. I, I know. <laughs> I said, we're well past Maybe that 2020 era. spring <laughs> with like the 80 carry stuff. It's like, it's like Nogri though. You always want to believe that it can come back, but unfortunately probably not going to. Uh, I am very happy that LNG made it. I was just shocked that LNG had to play a game the day after they played Finals. Yeah, what I, the I, that fuck is that? They were like, yep, back at the stadium trying to get revenge for yesterday. That's what they said on the cast. And I didn't put it together until it's like, that's, you have to deal with like losing a high octane, high adrenaline series for the LPL finals into now playing for your like season lives. Yeah, I know you probably have like an extra game, but like that, that's crazy. I mean, I'm yep. psyched because like LNG is my favorite LPL team. Um, I absolutely love these guys. I love the fact that we're seeing Zika st uh, step up so much. I love the fact they got Gala in summer. And I especially love Tarzan and Scout. So I'm, I'm really excited that this team is going to go to Worlds. I love Tarzan. I love Tarzan's Maokai. That's what I love. Yep. <laughs> we know, now we know what type of player Monty is. He's just like, my favorite champions are Maokai and Poppy. Yeah, and Poppy where everyone yes. else is like, fuck those <laughs> champions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is classic, right? It's uh, Monty wants to play macro game and not have mechanics. I just want to win through pure decision making, and Poppy and uh, Poppy and Maokai enable that. Yeah, Maokai, surprisingly, Maokai. I'm not an Ivern fan. You would think I would be, but not really. That, that's what I was going to get at because right now it's uh, yeah, Maokai be at the right spot, press R, nice. Poppy <laughs> be at the right spot, press W, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dom, uh, do we feel like we got the best teams going to Worlds here from LPL? No. 
OMG didn't go. So oh, clearly God. one of the teams oh, needs to get the fuck out. <laughs> I actually, you know what? Um, I would prefer to see OMG rather than Weibo or Top. I because they would be more fun. They would be more For sure. Fun. They have they have that flavor. I, I it's such a flawed system that they, that they don't make regional gauntlet over, you know, teams EDG. that yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's not even just EDG because EDG actually did well in spring. It's it's yeah. more like that you just don't get any points for like the for spring split. Getting fourth gives you 30 points. It's so hard to make top four to make the double elimination portion. I feel like that's a big jump. Like that should be where you make your points. But yeah, the fact that you only get 30 for that. And then if you get into the second round and you lose, you only get 10 for that. So if you go, I mean, the thing that I keep on saying, if you go 17th in spring and sixth in summer, you get more points than if you go third in spring and seventh in summer. It doesn't make any <laughs> that's, sense. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's um, pretty bad. I, I need you to use that. Uh, the What is Freeze what? No. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, not, not for this one, actually. Okay. <laughs> I need you to use your. Uh, is it Weibo? The Weibo account that you have. What is what is your Chinese account that you have? Uh, Billy Billy. Yeah, use your Billy Billy account and start uh, making the change. It's our friend from the West has spoken on our format, and he's shedding light onto a flaw that we have. We must correct it. Come <laughs> yep. on, Dom. Yep, please correct it. I'll do whatever. Yeah. Uh, Except got- and then next year, OMG will have some other problem. They'll be the team that gets 17th in spring <laughs> yeah. and then 6th. And it's like, no, we'll fucking go back. <laughs> it's literally like my fucking career all over again. It's like, oh, like there's no import rule. I lose to a fucking full LPL team in, like for a fucking world's decider. Then the next year, there's the import rule and we make top three and we would have went to worlds. But it's like now there's a gauntlet. So then we have to play the fucking gauntlet. Like it, it's so fucked. <laughs> It's absolutely crazy. (laughs) Uh, I'm obviously like everybody's going to be psyched to see JDG and and BLG again at Worlds. Obviously, super deserving of those slots. Um, uh, JDG definitely going to be the favorite, barring some insane performance. Like maybe there's a super dominant run in LCK playoffs that convinces us otherwise. But I think that's going to be really difficult um, to accomplish. And also, even if... Even if there was like a team that doesn't lose a game in the LCK playoffs, I still think JDG is probably the favorite. They look real, really good. They should be. Who knows? So, by the way, guys, uh, oh. once World starts, you can actually just bet on JDG outright to win the tournament over on esports bet. That's a good way to to get some to get some of that. And you do, you can even play for free, guys, with esports coin, which you can get. There's a limited time offer going on right now, by the way. It's a great time to get involved. You can play for free and transfer your esports coin into USDT if you want, for example, if you win enough of it. And all you have to do is join their Discord, follow them on Twitter, follow them on Instagram. That'll get you 20,000 esports coin in total. And you can play along. So I know Dom Dom will give you great advice on his stream about which teams to bet on. There you go. True. So go, go do that. And all you have to do is go to their Discord, send the mod mail a message with your uh, user ID. Or if you're on the website, just go to their customer support, give them your user ID. Or you, they'll know your user ID, but show them you, that you followed the account or in, and are in the Discord, and you'll get those 20,000 ESC. Play along, and you make some deposits too and play there also. So there you go. Hit it up. Thanks to our friends over at Esports Bet. Make sure to play responsibly, friends. All right. 
LPL. Or just for free with esports coin. <laughs> or with esports. You can play irresponsibly with esports coin. You can play irresponsibly with esports coin. <laughs> go for the moonshot, guys. Yeah. Find, find, go for your. I was going to say, go for minor region. Minor region going all the way. All right. Uh, uh, DR, DRX is in, is in fact playing in the Korean gauntlet. They've been eliminated from playoffs. Do you believe in Barrel? Do you? Fourth consecutive world finals? Barrel? Hell no. Let's go. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And fucking Barrel? Like, did you watch this Hanwha Life series? Hell no. Dom, I think we should make a bet if Barrel makes world finals again. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen. It's just a waste of time even talking about. So, so I, I, when I interviewed Pioshik after their win, I said, hey, no one's been eliminated yet out of the old world championship team, right? You got three members over at Hamon Life. You've got Beryl still over at DRX and then Pio Shakir at TL. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, we, we all are in a group text and we have, uh, you know, we, we, we cheer each other on. And so my question to you guys, and I put a poll out, is the fourth place Europe Versus NA decider match, the world's what? What do they call them? the world's qualifying qualifying match. series? I think yeah. Would well, do you count that as worlds, series. or is that no, hell no? No, no, it's not worlds. Okay, I mean I don't even I don't even count play-ins as well. To be clear, that's what I was going to say. Worlds play-ins is worlds. That's international wild card qualifier, glorified international wild card qualifier. Play-ins is in worlds, dude. Worlds worlds starts in I guess Swiss now, which is even worse than groups. But you guys will learn how it's worse soon. You guys are all hyped for Swiss. I'll tell you right now, none of you motherfuckers have ever watched a CSGO major. I can tell you that if you're hyped for Swiss, it's going to be even worse in League of Legends. So prepare yourself for the dog shit. <laughs> you think it's going to cause like more random upsets and stuff? Oh, yes, absolutely. It will absolutely because there's in CSGO, there are at least international tournaments to, to seed the teams. And mm -hmm. even then, Swiss is shit in CSGO. Now, imagine that we don't really have seeding because we haven't seen the, pl the teams play each other internationally since May. Okay, and we're in October, so it's five months of no international competition. Entirely different batch, entirely different meta, and we can't seed them. So what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of like really fucking weird results where very good teams are going to be like on the brink at 0-2, and some clown team is just going to make it into the next stage of the tournament going like 3-0. It's going to be shit. I mean, I'm enjoying the World Cup, so upsets. Oh, upsets the, the, are world, the World Cup is the worst, one of the worst formats in traditional yep. sports. It is yep. complete I know. Ass. I know. You guys always throw that out there. But look, even, even here, right? The women's U.S. national team, clear number one, they're out. Germany, clear number two, they're out. Sweden is the next highest ranked team who ended up playing against the U.S. national team. Um one versus three as a round of 16 matchup. It was very hype. There was like high stakes early on. And now you're getting to see uh, how small it is. If they play the Imagine. same matches over and over again, sure, the better teams would win. But like, that's <laughs> like, isn't that part of That's part of it. That's part of it. Imagine we having 350 million people in your country and losing to a country of like 9 million people <laughs> or like not getting further to the country of 9 million people. That's so sad for America. Yeah, the, that that whole. It's all right. I, I approve of America being bad at soccer because that means it will never get popular in America, which is just great for me. So, the less the less soccer, the better. I mean, Messi's doing pretty well, man. Like, he's, uh, he's yeah, did you see him? He's revolutionized soccer 
across the globe for America. Dude, dude, that is literally the equivalent of like Viper going to LLA. Okay, like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> he's fucking smurfing it. <laughs> like, it's fucking messy and a bunch of bums, man. Like, I, it's so sad. Uh, he brought a couple of friends. He has Jordi Alba and Sergio Busquets. So it's more like uh, getting half of Griffin together or like getting Faker and pick two of his favorite teammates across his career. Who, Look, who I, would that I, I say we just send Ruler to CB Lull next split, okay? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens? <laughs> I mean, he probably he probably will get better teammates over there based off what I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe that's the way. All right. Uh, last up on today's episode, it's our certified banger. We'll go deep dive into the LPL finals. Uh, JDG taking home the victory, but it was a hell of a series. Let's get to it. Dom, lead the way for us here. Yeah, so our certified banger is what you'd expect. It's the LPL finals. It went all five games. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a competitive series. The first one that they played was also a five-game series, which is now something that's happened in two summers in a row where there's been a five-game series that's went the distance between two teams. They meet earlier in the bracket, and then in finals, they play another five-game series. And it was so interesting to see, like, the you know, iterations of the draft and how much they adapted coming into finals. Like I thought that with, you know, a three day period to prepare, there would be limitations to how much they could alter the pick and ban phase. But it wasn't until like game five that they ended up pulling out the draft that I like theorized. Yeah, would your, be your preview is really good. Your preview video is really good, by the way. Thank I enjoyed you. Watching Thank it. you. Um, in that preview video, so number one, I thought that blue side would be priority based on how the last series was, which in the last series that they played, red side became priority and red side won almost every single game. It felt like they made some adaptations to make blue side more favorable um, in draft. And then in that game number five, they ended up going for the poke comp. They give over Zaya. Obviously, Zaya is one of Ruler's best champions. He has a world championship skin on that champion. Yeah. Um, and they play the poke comp. They play the Ziggs Jace. And then they decide to, for some reason, put Tarzan on Lilia. And I don't not think it was the that tanks. bad. They just, they just turned off my video, I think, before I made to the final point. They're like, Jace Ziggs, got it, got it. Into Zaya, perfect. And then they just turned it off where, like, I wanted to round up the team comp with Frontline. Um, and it was just a hard game for Lilia to play. I mean, Tarzan was getting invaded all over the place. He couldn't get the CS lead that he actually wants to have on the champion. Lilia, Lilia didn't really provide anything to the game, so... Um, yeah, it just was not the pick, man. It just was not the pick. And they ended up, uh, they ended up just losing that game five, but I thought it was a pretty good final. I mean, I liked seeing it go back and forth. I like the fact that JDG got seriously challenged and uh, this is the second time where they go into a series, they get challenged really hard and they're able to like bounce back. They show that they have a level of grit and the ability to, you know, win some of these, these hard matches. Where I think that that's better for JDG as a team as opposed to just stomping and going to worlds like pretty much uncontested. I think I think LNG could have made it work with the Lilia because you're basically just pulling counter engage. The biggest part was that they had a pretty they were in a pretty solid position until Knight got the flank in game five, which they failed to ward, and he was able to pop over the wall into river and, and get the big uh, Nico ultimate off onto the majority of the team. But I thought it was pretty winnable before that. And I really like the Ziggs comps that LNG plays. I think Ziggs is underrated because of the way that you 
you can really rapidly switch in lanes to take down plates or, or fast push with turrets, and especially with the champion like Jace. The problem with LNG is you're just never going to engage with the composition. You always have to kind of have the priority on the objective, make sure that you are not getting flanked and then kite, um, which is it's, it's harder to play with the Lilia for sure, but I didn't feel like they didn't have a win condition within that game. But I, I really liked, um, you know, the fact that LNG was super conscientious about the Zaya pick because that's been Ruler's best champion throughout these playoffs. He's been fucking amazing on this on this pickup. I mean, you guys have probably seen highlights or watched the games with like the five-man roots out of the ultimate. And the fact that he never uses summoners on this champion because he will play it to the absolute brink before using Zaya ult in order to escape situations. So, you know, they were you know, leaving it up when LNG was playing red side, but they would pick it immediately in their first two picks on red side. Um, and similarly, what I found interesting was that, you know, JDG wasn't letting them have the Maokai LNG until game three of this series, quickly realized their mistake because Tar Tarzan is the incarnation of Maokai within League of Legends. Um, but we got to see a lot of players on, you know, picks that are they're known for. We got to see scouts do some really impressive plays on the Azir as well. Um, I was really happy to see Gala on the Ziggs, which had been a ban in this series as well, because clearly it's it's super dangerous, especially if uh, JDG is drafting from the from the blue side, because once the Tristana comes through, then you just don't know until R5 where that Tristana could potentially be going. Um, and so it, it gives you a lot of flexibility. You feel like you kind of have to to take away the zigs. And because unless you're very practiced with uh, against it, I should say, like playing Trist against Tristana zigs is a very different way to play the game of League of Legends because you have to be even more hyper aware about minion waves and you know, your turrets are under much more threats uh, than in normal games with Trist Trist zigs when you're playing into them. So it does kind of warp the fabric of the game. And yeah, it was, I think it was a really good series. We got to see some of the best out of both of these teams in terms of their strong points. Another pretty good series from, from Zika overall. Um, clearly like pretty ready for the Gragas plays from three, six, nine. It was, it was really fun. Really fun. Who was your uh, MVP of the series guys? I, I, I had night. I mean, I think I the Ari fair. performance, like you think about just the situation they're in and sure he didn't play great in like the any game, for example, but when their backs are against the wall, game number four, he goes to the RE, completely smurfs the RE game, and then he makes like the game-winning play, essentially, in game number five. Yeah, which the, is now the, the, second... the Nico flank was, if they don't make that flank, I think they lose the game. Yeah, and it, it's the second time he's done this in a game five of a championship. He did the same thing when he was on top esports versus JDG, where he hit like a Syndra stun through the wall that was like a completely invisible Syndra stun, where he positioned inside Drake, and when they started walking in, Threw the choke into river. He just threw one through the wall and and got a stun that just essentially won them the whole game. So that's why that's part of the reason why I hate the whole narrative that Knight's a choker. Um, like international choker, I I I didn't even like. I thought that his first worlds in 2020 he underperformed his expectations. He was fine but, last year. Yeah, last year he was the best player on his team, and it's like, yeah. oh well, they didn't get out. So like, how good could he really be? I hate when when that becomes uh, the narrative. But yeah, I mean, he clutched it up in two elimination games in a row, and that's why I think he's MVP. All right, well, there you have it. Our uh, certified banger of the week here, the LPL Finals. Make sure to go check it out. Again, not just in gameplay, but draft and the evolution of how things work, and you can see where Dom's point in game number five, how, the way, how they should have drafted, how it all falls apart. 
Uh, either way, a brilliant, brilliant series and hopefully a preview of what's to come at international play. Guys, we did it. There we go. Another episode in the books. We've got two tickets already booked to Worlds from North America. We got two more coming for you. Uh, how long How long before we start the uh, European season championship finals qualifiers for Worlds? Not till September. Uh, it's the August 20th, right? That weekend, okay. 19th. Yeah, 20th, yeah. I believe. Like, yep. So next week, um, we are focusing on LCK. Well, and- there's... There's six LCK best of fives this week. So we already Mm -hmm. did one, which was Hanwha and DRX. And then tonight is T1D+. Then depending on which team KT chooses to to fight after that. But yeah, we've got, as of the recording of this show, um, there's five more yet to come. So there's plenty of LCK and there's there's still going to be a couple of uh, LCS matches as well. And LCK slots are given out the same way that they are in LPL. So it's first uh, first place goes to the season champion of the summer split. The second place goes to which team accrued the most championship points across the year. And then slots three and four will be fought over through the gauntlet. So uh, lots, lots to watch out for here in the LCK and over at the LCS. And we already know what our gauntlet teams are, by the way. Um, it's literally just all the teams the that are six. in this playoff. So because Live Sandbox, you know, couldn't couldn't make it. So it's the same. We're gonna see the same bottom. Why could they four not make teams. it again? Just <sighs> <laughs> I mean, it was sad, right? <laughs> it I mean it, it's sad, but at the same time, like how how deserving is it that they don't end up making it? If you if you can't beat a challengers team. How, how how should you be? And it's not even like a good challengers team, right? Like I think it was sixth place or something. Uh, well, it, they're fourth, I believe, fourth or fifth in challengers right now. But yeah, so they're not even like the they're not like a team that's dominating challengers. They're just going to no. come in and beat your ass in an elimination game like that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's <laughs> that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> what a way to go out! What a way to go out! I like the style points though. I like the style points. I mean, look. Live sandbox the style points of losing to a challengers team. No, the style points from KT of even fielding their challenger team is pretty. Was fun. it was it style points or do they just fucking hate barrel? <laughs> That's what <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> because uh, I think you could make the argument, and I think this is why there was going to be such outrage. I could even tell because I was streaming LPL at that time, and my whole chat was just like super. They were already super upset about it. If KT would have lost that series after doing this, it it would have been complete outrage. In, nah. in, in like LCK was... forums, Korean <laughs> forums, like all that stuff, it would have been crazy. For those that don't know, for those that don't know, Live Sandbox had their final game against KT. KT played their full roster in game number one and mm-hmm. one, and then they subbed everybody out and they gave their academy roster the opportunity again. Remember, they're at Lowell Park, so like, what a cool like opportunity for these players to go get to play yep. in a final game. Look. Who knows if they would have gotten subbed out either. Maybe it was just you get one game and they end up beating Live Sandbox's starting roster and knock Live Sandbox out of like the year, basically. Here's what I said on the Monty and Wolf show. All of KT's players, except for BDD, are going to be free agents at the end of this year. You have an opportunity with basically no risk to see what happens when you put your challenger players who are all contracted for next year on stage and test how they react and see if there are any nerves or they, they play differently at Lowell Park. It's a, it's a good experiment to run because probably KT is not going to have the same roster next year. 
I mean, sell high. Got a bunch of all pros. I mean, like the thing is, yeah, from a selfish perspective, yeah, it makes sense for for KT. It's just that when people talk about like the spirit of competition, which I've never actually fucked with this argument, I just know that fans get pissed when stuff like this happens because we had the same situation happen in LCS where Hundred Thieves was able to um, change their like seating by fielding their full academy roster, and they ended up losing, and you know it screwed one of the other teams over. Well, don't make bad formats, and also if you're in this situation, maybe Live Sandbox should have won. I don't know one of the other matches that they lost throughout this whole season. It's not like they didn't have a lot of opportunities. It's KT's prerogative to not show their main roster and not show stats after, or, you know, strats after they've locked for, lost first seed. And it's their prerogative to be able to test their challenger players on a main stage when they only have one contracted player so far for next year. So I think it's totally fine. KT earned the position. Fuck you, Live Sandbox. Win, win one of your other games. You had an entire split to do it. Get yeah. wrecked. You you yep. put me on that side of the argument, Monty. I was very much in the uh, outrage, like that feels very not spirit of the game. But I I'm now over on the dark side where just fucking win. Don't put yourself in that position. <laughs> <laughs> you literally had you had you had 18 best of threes to not be here, guys. You know, get fucked. Yep. All right. Gilius agrees with me. There it is. Thanks, Gilius. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, heck of an episode, Dom. You're co-streaming everything, yeah. Uh, not LCK. Or oh, I'll be bottom viewing LCK, but I'll oh. be co-streaming. Is this a? Are, are we slowing down? Is this the break before the world storm? Is that what this is? Uh, yeah. I mean, we have like else. We have two more weeks of LCS, and then we have you know four weeks of LEC being two days a week. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I'll be doing. I'll be live viewing the regional gauntlet. So I'll be doing that. And yeah. yeah and then I'm done. All right. Time maybe. Maybe time to teach you some golf. We'll come swing by. We can we can hit the links and uh, you know get get some get some swings in there to get you ready for the next phase of your life. Perfect. <laughs> you want to come play some golf, Degon? I've got a course. I know. I know. I know. Uh, Monty, what is, what is your week filled with? Uh, more League of Legends shows and uh, packing my house because I'm leaving Los Angeles. So. That's right. There you go. You don't When's respond to my you don't respond to my party invites. Monty, you just sent it. You just sent it yesterday. You, you just didn't even, sent it yesterday. You didn't even text me back, man. I'm just gonna call you out right now. You just <laughs> sent it yesterday. I promise. <laughs> you didn't even say I, thanks I'm, for the invite, Monty. Well, okay, Monty, you threw the way you texted it made it sound like a pity invite. He was like, "You could come if you want," and I was like, "Why would <laughs> I not? I want you to come. I want you to come. <laughs> that type of invite. You could come if you want. If you'd like to come to our goodbye party, you're more than welcome." <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm sorry, I insulted you with my phrasing. Degon, uh, I would personally be honored if yes. you came to my goodbye yes. party at my yes. house. That's right. I will forego Valorant World Championship finals to go to the. Oh, you can just come afterwards. I, I will be at your party. Oh, okay. I, will, yes. I approve of that. Weeb Counter Strike ain't nothing compared to a Monty party. <laughs> what, what is a Monty party like? Monty uh, parties are Monty? fun because they, they seem like. Yeah, all right, we're just amongst intellectuals and we're just hanging out. And all of a sudden it it evolves or devolves. Like it's it's it happens really quickly and it's very as, as alcohol comes into play. And it just well, becomes a shit show. It just evolves and devolves. Like fuck Riot Games. Anyone else hate Riot? Like it's just like <laughs> Is that accurate or like Yeah, you'd fit right in. Oh, you'd perfect. Fit right in. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I also uh, make all the food. So that's usually the food's he's usually good. Great cook 
I make you all the brisket. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Monty's meats. That's going to be a a thing that we push sell segment, something like that. Monty's (laughs) very good. Very good. Um, All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for watching again. Thanks for all the comments about the cups this year. I'll take a look at what you guys put down for next week as we head on to the final stretch of the Lolly Sports season. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week.